This is the day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. This is the day. This is the day. This is the only day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy. What's up? What's up? What up? To this is the day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. How have y'all been doing? A lot has gone on in the world. Hey. It's an honor and privilege. You know what it is. It is my honor and privilege that you have taken the time out of your life to walk with me on this journey that we call life. Hey, I don't know why I'm hyped right now. I'm excited right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we about to go into a new conversation, a new talk. And this is going to be, yeah, this might be a tough one, though. Because, you know, we all have issues with this. I don't care where you are. I don't care what nationality you are. I don't care what uh, male, female. I don't care what religion you are. We all, at one point in time, some even some right now, listening to the sound of my voice, go have an issue uh, with this one. And got and we all can learn from some. But before we get started, and I, we, before we go talk about the topic, uh, what we're going to talk about today, I want to welcome those uh, to the show for the very first time. Listen, I don't take that lightly. You could be doing anything right now, but you decided to join This Is The Day with Pastor Wade Scarrow and come uh, and give your opinions and thoughts and open your mind. Uh, and I really do appreciate it because you could be doing anything right now. You know, stuff, especially in the U.S., is opening back up all around. You know, I'm in prison, California, so we got till June 15th and then they go lighten the load. But hey, if shout out to those that's been in Texas, Florida, Georgia, listen, living my vida loca. Hey, do your thing. But hey, for those joining us for the very first time, let me tell you what this show is all about. We like discussing various topics that the church body does not talk about on a Sunday or in a Bible study or shut down from talking about it all together because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what you think, feel, or believe, without judgment, will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid, and we can have a conversation freely, honestly, and like my boy TV says, we keeps it 100 here on This Is The Day with Pastor Wade. And y'all, I'm telling you, we just finished a series for those that... Um, joining us for the very first time uh and then those that haven't also uh caught up uh we just uh finished the disciplines of faith Whew. man that was a 
that was a long talk and uh thank you guys for the feedback uh you guys have uh given me a lot of feedback and uh your, your interaction i appreciate that those that supported every conversation thank you so much then before that we talked about uh how to apply faith uh and then before that we talked about how to treat one another that's huge we need to keep doing that and how to treat one another i should go back after that after we talk about our next topic because that's something that we need to listen to every single day and then before how to treat one another we talked about the 10 principles for a successful relationship that will never go out of style because everything come on y'all say it with me everything begins and ends with relationship and now we about to start a new conversation y'all it's called or wait for it wait for it a call to forgiveness oh yeah oh yeah call to forgive y'all we are called to forgive anybody got issues with uh forgiveness out there or had issues with forgiveness it got quiet anybody holding a grudge right now right now at this moment anybody pissed off at somebody right now and you pissed off at them they don't know you pissed off at them and you holding some kind of unforgiveness in your heart come on come on be honest right now let's say hey i even had to check myself even while god was giving this to me i had to check myself with this man listen like i said remember i said this touches everybody it don't matter your race color creed culture where you from what country city state it don't matter it don't matter your religious background everybody has had an issue at some point in time with forgiveness and i don't care if you've been walking with the lord forever in a day you still have issues with it if you be honest with yourself but i'm going to leave that alone so let's just get into it because oh i'm excited about this we have a lot to talk about but you know for those that join us for the very first time we have a tradition here on this is a day with Pastor Wade, hey, you know, like we like this is a plane and we like to take off together. So just like they say, I love the introduction on a plane when they say, hey, on this plane, make sure your seat and tray tables are in the upright and locked position. Anything, any turbulence you feel on this plane is God shaking at the very root. What does not belong on this plane. If you listen with somebody, which I pray you are, look at them and say, you ready? Look back at them and say, I'm ready. Then let's go. Let's get right into it. Now, I know if I was to ask anybody right now, what does forgive, what is forgiveness or what does the word forgive mean? We're talking about the word forgive, F-O-R-G-I-V-E. So, Let's just set the tone of what the word forgive actually means. We're going to break it down. How about that? So the word forgive, when you look it up in the dictionary, because I know some people are like, are we going to go to the Hebrew? Are we going to go to the Greek? Are we going to go to the Latin? No, let's just go to standard English. Say hable espanol. I'm just saying. I'm just asking for a friend. So let's go to the standard English definition. Because God always have a way to make it biblical when you uh, with anything. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So the word forgive, uh, one of the definitions is to grant pardon for or remission, to absolve. Also to give up a claim on an account or to remit a debt or obligation. To grant a pardon to a person. Mm. So when we forgive, we grant a pardon. Interesting. Also, to cease to feel resentment against 
uh-oh, uh-oh, it's about to get deep. To cease, to feel resentment against. Another definition of forgive is to cancel an indebtedness or a liability of. To cancel, you know, that grudge you hold it. Oh, I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing. I shouldn't say that, you know, that, that, that you're holding something against somebody right now and you won't cancel the indebtedness or the liability they have or, or forgive them, forget about the infraction. You're holding that resentment against them right now. I'm going to leave that alone. Or the verb, the action of forgive means to pardon an offense or an offender. To pardon, there's that word pardon again. Hmm. Come on, God, work this out. So when you look at the word, let's break it down. The word for, which is F-O-R in the word forgive. So the word for, F-O-R, means intended to belong to or be used in connection with. In order to obtain, gain, or acquire, let me say that again. The word for in forgive means intended to belong to. That means something is already intended to belongs to somebody else that you're holding or be used in connection with. In order to obtain, gain, or acquire. The word give means, in the word forgive, means to present voluntarily and without expecting compensation. To bestow. Whoa, whoa, come on, y'all. Y'all better walk. We're going to walk slow on this talk. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. So if the word for and forgive means to intended to, that means it's intended, it belongs to somebody else. And then the word Give means, in the word forgive, to present voluntarily and without expecting compensation. Let's look at some synonyms. Synonym for the preposition word for in the word forgive, the F-O-R, is because. All right, walk with me. The synonym for the word forgive is forget. And the synonym for the word give in the word forgive is means award or here's another definition I love or synonym it means hand over so when we talk about the word forgive and when we break the word down to its very essence this is what you're actually saying in God's eyes or what God is telling you to say he is telling you to say, basically, when you say the word forgive means I have something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so. I must voluntarily hand over to you without any compensation and forget about it. Did you hear that? Come on, y'all. Listen, that messed me up. When you talk about that word forgive, that means it's a gift. It's something that we hold that does not belong to us. That's why God has a big issue with those that don't forgive. So when you talk about that word for intended to belong to or used in connection with in order to obtain or gain or acquire, and then the word give to present voluntary without expecting compensation. So when we forgive somebody, we, we are supposed to give it to them whether they receive it or not. Oh my goodness. I think it got quiet on me. We're supposed to forgive and give them that gift that we're holding that belongs to them. So let me say that again. So forgive when we break the word down to its very essence means having something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so. I must voluntarily hand it over to you without any compensation and forget about.
about it. Look, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Let's go even deeper. When you talk about that call of forgiveness, we go look at Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And we like to use the King James Version here. You know, when I talk about anything in the Bible, I like to keep it in context. Uh, anytime you listen to any pastor or bishop or minister, always remember, make sure they keep everything in context and you keep everything in context. Because if we take the word text out of the word context, all we are left with is a con. So Matthew 18, 21 through 35 says, then Peter said to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? And then Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490, y'all. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children, all that he had, and that the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him his debt. What do we say? I have something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so. I must voluntarily hand it over to you without any compensation and forget about it. Verse 28 now. I just did a sidebar right there to remind you when he says, then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Now, verse 28 says, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Did he put hands on him, y'all? I think it's, I'm from the streets. I'm from 120th of Vermont. My man said, "If I'm, I'm trying to break it down and eat bonnings for y'all. He said, the Bible is basically saying, my man, you owe me something, man. Where my 20? And my man said, I ain't got it. He said, my man put hands on him. Like <laughs> after he was just begging for his, his life, with the king. I'm going to leave that alone because we're going we to dive deeper into that. So but the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that he had done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And verse 34 says, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35 says, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now I ask you. Is there anybody out there that you're not forgiven right now? That when you look at the context of this story, so the guy or girl basically uh, owed a tremendous debt to the king. Now the king also represents, he's a man. He's like, they ain't getting no higher to him. So, and also represents a, a huge amount. So this is somebody that could just take your life. Basically it was a large debt 
and he was about to throw you in jail and basically you begged for your life and then it said the king had compassion and forgave the debt the huge debt kind of like the same thing god or jesus did for each and every one of us whether you believe in him or not so then it comes out my man you know you know we got he got forgiven like woo! next thing you know somebody owe him twenty dollars you know, my man broke. Obviously, he couldn't pay this other, this big debt. So, man, my man was must have been short on some change. He saw old boy. Uh, old boy probably had a drink or something in his hand. And he was like, hey, dude, hey, where that money you owe me? Remember I gave you 20, dog? And he was like, I, I don't have it. And then my man grabbed him by the throat. He got irate, indignant, and, and basically wanted to torture him. King found out about it. Oh, this is what we doing? He said, listen, didn't I forgive you? Why didn't you have forgive your brother? I had compassion on you. Why you didn't have compassion on your brother? This is God telling us we need to have compassion on us regardless of what somebody has done for us, no matter how big, no matter how small. Once again, what do we say forgive means? Well, in essence, we're saying I have something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so. I must voluntarily hand it over to you without any compensation and forget uh, about it. Oh, boy, it's crickets in here. Somebody don't like me now, but it's OK. Understand this, y'all. That the call to forgiveness is just that. It is direct call from our Lord. It is something extremely special, which we are given and something precious we are to replicate to others. It is not easy. L listen, listen to me now. I will never tell anybody within the sound of my voice right now, everybody right now that we are having this conversation. I let, let just don't say Pastor Wade said this is all easy. He's perfect. All. No, listen, I'm having an issue right now with somebody and uh, they won't come to the table. Listen, no matter how mad we are with each other, listen, we still got to work this out. Come let us reason together. But, you know, and this is church folks and they don't want to reason together. They just want to talk about how they pray. I prayed to God and he told me not to sit down and talk. No, God didn't tell you that. And then they come with insults, but they just prayed. But I'm going to leave that alone. But I'm here to tell you, it's not easy. It requires the practice of maturity, the patience to allow the process to unfold and the tact to endure it. Forgiveness is also a mandate from our Lord. We can take great comfort in knowing that he is working while we are waiting and even in suffering. We can best practice forgiveness by realizing how much we have been forgiven. We can be imitators of that forgiveness when others willfully or unknowingly cause us setback or harm. Understand this, y'all. Watch this. The magnitude of forgiveness from our Lord for what we have done can never measure up to anything others do to us. Nothing anybody could do to you. That, hey, there's nothing. That's the word. There's nothing anybody can do to you that you cannot forgive them for, that God hasn't forgiven you for already. That he washed, that he died, he washed your sins away in his blood. So there's nothing, y'all, y'all better listen to me, that you cannot be forgiven for or that you can't forgive others for. So when we best practice forgiveness by realizing how much we have been forgiven, we can be imitators of that forgiveness when others willfully unknowingly cause us setback or harm. The magnitude of forgiveness from our Lord for what have done can never be measured up to anything others can do to us. When we put forgiveness in practice, 
we will be free from the bondage of bitterness and pain that imprison us. Listen, y'all, any grudges, any uh, bitterness and pain uh, that you have right now, you're keeping yourself locked up. That's what unforgiveness does. It locks you up. There is no freedom in that. So so those, those out there, there's some people out there disillusioned as well. I've already forgiven you, but you don't want to sit and talk with the person or even let the person know that you're upset because we all have the spirit of reconciliation. If you sit there still holding that, you still haven't forgiven because part of forgiveness is forgetting about it and also restoration. And it's interesting when if nobody if they say they forgive you, but they don't still want to talk to you in some kind of shape or form, not saying y'all got to break bread and all that kind of stuff. But if you constantly trying to avoid the person and trying to say you forgive them, or if they're in your presence and you try to do the avoid thing, you haven't forgiven yet. Because the last part of what we said is forget about it. You haven't. And I know, oh, well, passed away. It, we, it, what, you know, I'm reminded, I know it's a perpetual forgetting. Nobody says go just go away, but it's a perpetual forgetting. And so there's a lifestyle and what we have to show the other person, but I'm somebody getting upset with me, but I don't care. It is what it is. So when we're in that bondage of bitterness and pain that imprisons us, disconnecting us from life and its wonders, which has, which God has provided for us. So when we're, uh, have that unforgiveness, we're trapped by our own devices and by the trap of unforgiveness, by bitterness. So whatever you're holding on to, you're holding on to that. Unforgiveness is not holding on to that. You're holding on to that, which basically you're holding on to a gift that doesn't belong to you, that you're supposed to, that's intended for somebody else that you're not handing over. So therefore that makes you a thief. Oh my God. That makes you a thief because you're, listen, what do we say? What did we say? We said the essence of the word forgives means I have something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so. I must voluntarily hand it over to you without any compensation and forget about it. So when you're holding unforgiveness, you're holding somebody's gift that does not belong to you. And therefore, you know it doesn't belong to you. Therefore, you are now stealing from the other person. You're robbing them of the gift of freedom as well, just like you're robbing yourself of the gift of freedom. Uh, don't get mad at me. There is a reality show. I don't know uh, if it is still on uh, uh, that I watched an episode as many as a few years ago. Uh, and maybe some of you don't know uh, what reality show is because uh, I'm not really a reality show uh, person and all that kind of stuff. I'm a sports guy. So uh, reality shows are just not my thing. And a lot of it is not reality anyway, but I'm gonna leave that alone. So where a bunch of young people were put into a nice beach house to live and work together. I know somebody said, I know that show. I know somebody just said that this show is about uh, the drama and strife. Each one causes the other and how they quote unquote, do not work it out. After all, if they were a big, happy family, it would not make good TV. We know that everybody's drama, everything in a movie and, and, and a television show, everybody's looking for the moment of tension. Uh, one young woman in her early 20s, probably something like that, kept making the statement, I refuse to forgive anyone for anything. Here we go. So in the episode that I happened to watch, the intention was centered on how she was alienating everyone in the house. The result was that she ended up alone, hated by others. She would make a big deal if someone took her cookie or gave her an objectionable look, you know, gave her the side eye, something like that. You could see she was a person that reflects our world and churches today, especially church folks, you know, because people in the church 
and I hate to say this, but it is what it is, are the most usually unforgiving people. The world will forgive you instantly, but people in church that say they walk with God are the first ones to hold grudges and not forgive you quickly or restore you or hold on to the gift that they know is yours that does not belong to them. I, I know. I, uh, I'm out here by myself. It got real quiet. And listen, you're talking about I'm a pastor on staff, so I know. Listen, the person that we, a beef right now is in the church. We have a beef right now and will not address it. Will not come to the table and address it right now and handle it like a man. Will not do it. But it is what it is. All I can do is be open to it. And when, if, when, and if that person is ready, then we can talk it out and reason together like men. But it is what it is. But this is a common theme just all around, usually in church. I've been in church all my life. I've seen the unforgiveness. I've seen grudges right now that people still hold unforgiveness of people and some and they didn't die and still holding on to that. Still trapped into the bitterness and pain of the unforgiveness. Oh my goodness. Is some do I have any friends left right now? Understand this. Also, when I talk about the girl. You can see that she was someone that reflects the world and also the church today, whose self-imposed code of conduct created out of pride made it impossible for her to make friends or cooperate with anyone in her life. She could not see that she was the problem. She refused to take any responsibility. In her interviews, she blamed, here we go, everyone else for her problems. The sad fact is that this is typical behavior amongst many people today, even Christians in the church. And remember, here's a reminder of what it means to forgive. What we're saying is, I have something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so. I must voluntarily hand it over to you without any compensation and forget about it. Understand this as human beings. Just Anybody still my friend? Listen, I, man, if it's cold out here, boy, by yourself, it hit me up real past the weight. Way to spell W-A-I-D on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just let me show you love. Put hashtag forgive. <laughs> so I know you. Yeah, yeah. Just sit forgive, forgiveness, hashtag forgive or forgiveness. Just put it on there. Let me know you still love your boy. Because listen, I know this is hard. This is a hard one for me. Listen, I had to sit down and was like, oh, God, I, I haven't even checked myself. I had to go through all my relationships, everything in my life, even with the, what I'm dealing with now, that the person right now, I have to make sure, hey, when we, uh, whenever, if we ever come to the table that we have to talk it out and reason together because I have something that belongs to that person right now. That person has something that belongs to me. So we are mandated by God. If you're under the Holy Spirit, I'm just saying we are mandated. To be able to work this out. So hit me up, Real Pastor Wade, Wade is spelled W-A-I-D on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Give me a hashtag, uh, forgiveness or forgive. Understand as human beings, we are prone to make mistakes either intentionally or unintentionally. We all have hurt people. We all have hurt people. We all have hurt people. Did I say we all have hurt people? Okay. And we all have been hurt. We all have been hurt. We all have been hurt. Did I say we all have been hurt? So we've hurt people and we all have been hurt. So that covers everybody. 
Okay, we are all in the same boat. So when we refuse to forgive one another, it is like escaping the disaster of the sinking of the Titanic in a lifeboat, only to poke holes in the very lifeboat that saved us. Our escape from the sinking ship is our redemption, which we did not deserve. Since everyone else is in the lifeboat needs the, the cross too, why try to sink one another? All you will accomplish is to sink yourself out of mistakes we make or others causes, comes our pain, hurt, and resentment. This resentment, here we go, escalates into animosity and builds into bitterness until it destroys relationships and causes us isolation, just as it did with the young woman. She refused, remember the wrong young woman I was telling you about? She refused to forgive and built an impenetrable wall that caused bitterness and isolation. Unforgiveness causes bitterness and isolation. It will isolate, you'll feel lonely because you're lonely in your pain. That's why we always say misery loves company. That's why people that are in pain, hurt people hurt people that's why there's really no church hurts it's really people in church are hurt people that hurt people i'm gonna leave that alone too so what happens is that bitterness and isolation as she uh, wallowed in her troubles blaming everyone else for them she would not allow forgiveness to break down the wall allowing for the building of life and relationships forgiveness is the only human force that can stop the disintegration of relationships my god that <laughs> This is why it is so essential. This is why our Lord calls us to forgive. If you have been hurt or you have hurt others and we all have opened your eyes and realized that it is the call of the Christian to dispel these conflicts without forgiveness, our growth and maturity with Christ and our integrity with others cannot be built. Understand this, watch this y'all. We may suffer betrayal from friends, family and coworkers and even church members. However, we are called to forgive anyway. <laughs> Why? I am so glad you asked. Because, remember because we need it and because we are imperfect, fallen and full of sin. All of us are full of sin. Every single one of us. Even the bishop of all the tutus they full of sin too. The one that's been walking with Jesus, God, for 40 years, all their life, they sinful too. The new person that just came in, the person that don't believe in God, the person that's been believing in God, male, female, it don't matter. All have fallen and are full of sin. It got real quiet. The only thing I can hear y'all is the music in my background. <laughs> even the Christian who is saved by grace is still in the process of growth and sanctification we are yet imperfect no matter what the level of maturity if you are thinking I refuse to forgive others just as young woman did consider the reason to forgive here we go we forgive because God has forgiven us if we do not the resentment will build and build like battery acid that slowly eats away a car unless we fix it it will destroy us even secular psychologists tell us that resentment is the most powerful, self-destructive emotion in our arsenal. Will you allow forgiveness, here we go, ask yourself this question, will you allow forgiveness to build or bitterness to destroy your relationship and life? Understand this, God desires that we seek forgiveness because God 
is a God of relationship and is committed to relationship. God knows our human weaknesses and our self-destructive nature and that our relationship tend to be fragile. Broken relationships, you know I'm big on relationships, come out of our sinful nation, our fallen world, which seeks its own gain. God desires is to show the world our potential because of what Christ has done for us. That's why we can't have unforgiveness, especially people that are disciples of Christ. We're supposed to be examples to show other people how to do it. But especially if people in church that are supposed to be disciples of Christ, they're not walking together and they're at odds with each other. That's why I'm very big on leadership. Because if especially a leader, we're a teacher, a leader, a teacher, basically, which is a teacher, is judged more strictly. That's why we, we're held accountable at a whole nother level. But this is where we have to walk the walk. So understand that God's desire is to show the world our potential because of what Christ has done for us. We should not take pleasure in destructive situations, those that divide and draw relationships apart. Relationships are what life is all about. Satan, oh, that devil, seeks to destroy relationships. His first attempt was in the Garden of Eden, nearly defeating our relationship with God and with one another. God's plan is to prove Satan wrong, and our call is to build one another up and not destroy one another. When we have been wrong, here we go, and we all have been wrong, some way, shape, or form. I have wronged people, people have wronged me. So that does not exclude me. I am in that too. We are all in that. So when we have been wrong, we have experienced feelings of betrayal and consider retaliation to be justified. God calls us out of retaliation and into reconciliation. When we fail to forgive, we are the ones who suffer the most. Anger, resentment, shame, bitterness, contempt, defensiveness, all synergistically build on top of one another. So every segment within us is held hostage with these emotions. We are chained like a dog. Woo, Jesus, on a leash, unable to reach the destination we desire, what Christ has for us. Do not allow the bitterness to continue so that it festers, corrupting your whole being. The bitterness must not take hold in your life or it will block the flow of the Holy Spirit and self-controlling love. Or else, the festering will continue to the point that Christ is crying out to us in the wilderness, yet we do not hear him. Our Lord, and we're almost done, is alerting us to perils of being unforgiving. Just as the call of the red alert in the TV show, where are my Trekkies at? Red alert, red alert. That red alert, you know, when that red alert goes off on the Star Trek, man, that means danger warns a crew of impending danger. If we do not heed the warning, our emotions will run wild and we will no longer have control or composure, unable to recognize who we are in Jesus. Thus, the anger and the uncontrolled emotions will become controlled by Satan. The red alert has been ignored. Our ship has been destroyed. Your relationships have been destroyed. Remember the passage in Matthew? And we talked about earlier in Matthew 18 is a story of a forgiving king and a wicked servant. The king forgave the servant's enormous debt, which is a parallel to our enormous debt of sin that we held until God forgave us. This servant represents the believer who, after experiencing the forgiveness of God, did harbor bitterness to another and then refused to forgive his fellow Christian or a non-Christian for a much, much smaller 
dead. The king became furious and handed the servant over to be tortured. The Bible is telling us that if we refuse to forgive one another and continue to harbor bitterness, we can be tortured too. My personal experience is when I have refused to forgive people in the past, I have become consumed with feelings of guilt and shame, and this is a torture I can do without. I feel much better and sleep much better with an attitude of forgiveness. I cannot think well or sleep well with an attitude of bitterness. Listen, if I'm mad at somebody, I can't even function right, y'all. I can't operate right. I don't even want to eat because it's just it's just a, a sick feeling to my stomach the uneasiness that you know there's something wrong between my brother and sister that we we must we must reconcile in some way at least get it out forgive and even if we just not hanging around with each other or in each other's personal life the personal space that we both are free uh we've talked it out and now we have reason together at that table of reason that god has said in psalms 23 why would a christian want to go through life with feelings of bitterness which consume them with misery and unrest instead of giving it to the lord and receiving forgiveness and rest how can we go through a christian life and just life period y'all and experience and rationalize our actions and deeds only to face our Lord later in judgment. We all go into the judgment seat of Christ. It don't matter where you are, what world you are, what country you are. We all go in there uh, one way, shape or form, whether you believe it or not, we're all going there. So by what point are we to make? By what feeling are we to base? By what hope do we have? When we have the knowledge of God's mercy, then we have the responsibility of acting with mercy toward one another. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God calls us and we're done. Christians to operate in the parameters of forgiveness, love and mercy. And when we have not been forgiven, we will have a heart filled with suffering and torment. How can we receive Christ's forgiveness and claim Christ is our Savior when we are unable to forgive one another? When we have a forgiving attitude, remember your attitude would determine your altitude, then we will have a heart at rest and peace. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. Thank you for tuning in to episode one called To Forgive. I thank you for all your support and responses. New episodes release every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. Remember, when we forgive, we are actually saying to the person God has mandated us to forgive is, I have something of yours that is intended for you that does not belong to me because God said so, that I must voluntarily hand over to you without any compensation and forget about it. A special thanks to my man, KC. At I Am Music Group, Kevin Clayton for producing this show, Erica Duff for the artwork. <laughs> The Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Network. Alex Teamer, a.k.a. 18 for the baseline. Pastor Warren, that is my pastor. Pastor Warren Campbell and Lena Bird-Wiles. She just had a song drop, an album drop. So go check it out. Look it up. Lena Bird-Miles. She did This Is The Day intro. She does an amazing job. Thank you so much, Pastor Warren and Lena Bird-Miles for This Is The Day intro. A shout out to Shannon Jackson and Shay J Entertainment about to drop 
opening, grand opening is here, y'all. Congratulations in the Holy Ghost Busters Mobile Ministry. A shout out to my man, Julian Payne, House of No Hope Podcast and the House of No Hope Barbershop, a celebrity barber to the stars. If you're in the greater Los Angeles area, look my man up, Julian Payne, House of No Hope, which is North Hollywood. And remember to subscribe to This Is Day on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade, and Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. Remember, post any subject titles you would like to discuss on This Is Day Facebook page or feedback on your Instagram stories of what you thought about the conversation. Always remember, God believes in you and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.